also brought to you by the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. Eat local, but stay coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant. The Boatyard is located at 1555 Southeast 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. That means you can come by boat or you can come by car. Enjoy the nautical atmosphere whether you sit inside in the cold AC or outside on the patio bar. The Boatyard has something for everyone. Monday through Friday, happy hour. Where local favorite is bar bites and handcrafted cocktails. Open for lunch, dinner, and the popular Sunday brunch. And don't forget, ladies night. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. where ladies drink free. Dock and dine at the famous Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. I am sure you'll have a great experience. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Captain Jeff. Welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. Um, we have Stephen Busaka in Lunker Dog Studios tonight. Stephen, what's up, dog? Dude, this is a big show that we're about to do right now. This is like one of those shows that kind of like I get like kind of like chills down my spine when I think about this topic, but it's something that's come up to me um, recently, and I think it's it is something that we do need to kind of address at some point. Well, what do you mean, like? So, like so you, let me. So, so let me. So, so, like, so you got a topic that we're going to talk about tonight? Yeah. And then like you like you're. You're feeling like there's a big anticipation. There is. It. This is. This is like. So okay. You know that old saying, "The elephant in the room." This big thing that everybody knows is kind of there, but everybody tries to kind of ignore. Right. Okay. This is kind of one of those things, you know, so it, it's one of those things that I think needs to be addressed. So I was watching, cause you know, I, I was telling you about how I re- recently got into flip palette. Right. Not too long ago. So I was watching an episode of uh, waterman that real time has with uh, Benny Blanco. And they had the episode where flip palette was on there fishing with him. And at the beginning of the show, you know, flip was kind of talking about, you know, how his generation and his dad's generation, they didn't do a very good job of kind of, um, you know, taking care of the resources of Florida, da, da, da. And then he kind of kind of segued into this sort of passing the torch to the next generation. Right. And that kind of got me thinking about the topic of passing the torch, you know, and it, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, here's something I, I wanted to, I've actually wanted to ask you for a while is, you know, who came before you? Because I, I figured that there must have been somebody come before the Lunker Dog. Well, yeah. You know, and then somebody kind of passed that torch to you. So who came before you? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I was fortunate because I had multiple influences on fishing. You know, like, and then when the torch kind of got passed to me, it was more of a, um, more of a cycle of progression. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Like, like my mother introduced me to fishing. Your mom? My mom, yeah. Really? Yeah, we lived on a little mill pond. This is before we even moved to Florida. This was up in Massachusetts, up right? Up in Massachusetts. This is um, pre-1975. <laughs> so uh, we had a little mill pond in the back of the house, and my mom knew how to fish. So we'd roll down to the dock, and you know she showed me that you know fishing was fun, and we'd catch bluegills and crappie and bass or anything else that was in that pond pickerel and um you know she kind of you know introduced me to the sport and then my dad got into the sport you know uh like hardcore well he got into tuna fishing like the first fish he ever targeted he was into tuna fishing bluefin tuna out of gloucester which um you know it's kind of like one of the biggest baddest fish in the ocean and um he started you know 
learning how to tuna fish. And I was fortunate enough to be by his side and learn right along with him. You know what I mean? But it wasn't necessarily like a, a passing of the torch. But now I had a granddaddy and I had an uncle out of South Georgia. My granddaddy had a big farm. And he had some friends with farms and they had stocked ponds with catfish and bass and blue grill. And um, I think he's really the one that um, taught me the process of fishing. Your granddaddy? Yeah. And, you know, he would uh, he'd pick a location and a spot that was congenial for the grandkids to go. Now, if it was just me and him, he'd pick a certain spot. If it was me, my brother, and him, it'd be maybe another spot. If it was a couple cousins of my brother and him, it might be a different spot. And I went fishing with him every summer for years and years and years. And I remember one day I was in high school, and um, I was in Georgia, and I asked my grandfather, let's go fishing, and we went fishing, and we went to his own catfish pond on his farm. And I'm kind of sitting on a bucket next to him, and his hands are shaking. And he can't quite tie the knot, you know, to get the hook on. And he looked over to me, and he says, Here, son, you're going to have to do this. And I tied the knot and got the little rig ready for our blood bait or catfish bait, and we're going to sit there and catfish. And... um that was the first time it ever struck me that I actually had to do the fishing part. Like, my grandfather couldn't do it anymore, at least, you know, could, was struggle doing it. And I realized at that point, maybe not right at that point, but sometime, like maybe when I got home or the next day or maybe the next time I had to ask him to go fishing, that I actually had to do the functions. And he had to go for the ride. That was literally like, that was, maybe, I wonder if he even knew that that was kind of him passing the torch to you. You think he even realized that? No, I don't think he realized that, but I think he realized that if him and I were going to spend the time together that we were used to spending fishing, that I was going to have to start picking up the slack because not, not far after that is I'm the one that had to drive the truck because he was getting too blind to drive the truck around the farm. So... When we go fishing, I would drive the truck. It's a funny story because he, he was driving the truck, and we were pulling out of the bait shop, and he waxed the piss out of the light post. Put he back into it? He just wasn't <laughs> paying attention to his front end, and he couldn't hardly see out of his right eye anymore. And as he turned the wheel, bam, he smashed the damn, the damn light. And my cousin and I both kind of looked at us, and then... He looked at me and my cousin and said, one of you guys is going to have to drive the damn truck. Are you serious? So we started driving the truck to go fishing. And um, at that point, you know, I, I said, okay, you know, if we're going to make this happen. I'm going to have to pick up the slack. I can't expect, you know, my grandfather to do this stuff. And then I had an uncle that lived down the street from him who was really big into bass fishing and stuff and would take me on um, Lake Blackshear. Um, or some people call it the Flint River, and we did a ton of catfishing and bass fishing, white bass we would we would go after. And I fished with him, and I fished with his son for a long time, and they were all older than me and taught me everything that they knew, you know. And 
then uh, he come visit here in Florida, and he wanted to go fishing. And he couldn't hold the reins because he didn't know how to saltwater fish. But the time that I spent with him and then the time that I spent here learning all the different ways to fish, when my uncle came, it was like, hey, it's time for me to take him fishing. And then I started to put two and two together, and I was like, man, I was like, I'm taking the guys fishing that taught, taught and took me fishing. The student became the teacher. Yeah. And, and, to a point. And, and the torch was being passed. It wasn't like I got it all at one time. It was kind of a gradual process is what happened. Right, and it's a gradual process through many steps because there was other people like... Um, Tommy Green. Tom Green. But see, Tom has, had a bait shop. It wasn't really a passing of the torch. He just helped a lot. But there was this one guy, Walt Jennings, who was a, a, a writer for the magazines and stuff. And he was a friend of my father's. And I used to go fishing with him um, in the Mako's Owners Tournaments. Those are the tournaments that we talked about with George Pavaramo. And, yeah. And we grew up doing that. And Walt took me all over the country to fish all different styles of fish. Mako shark tournaments, striped bass tournaments, bluefish tournaments, marlin tournaments. Kingfish? Yeah, all that fun fish stuff. We would go to the Keys, and we'd go wherever the Mako owner's tournament went, and that was all over the place because Walt was into the Makos, and, and that's what we fished out of. And then later, and I fished with Walt for, shit, I fished with Walt for 30 years. Wow. But the last, you know, call it a dozen times that Walt and I fished together, Walt was old. How I mean, old are we talking? Like 75 years old. Yeah, it's pretty old. So he's not pulling the boat anymore. No, he's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm putting the boat in the water, you know. He's, you know, not, he, you know, he's doing as little as I can possibly ask him to do <laughs> at this point. Where he was the dude that taught me how to do so much of this offshore stuff. And again, you know, it was like a little light went off in my head. And I'm, I'm like, you know, call him at 30 at this point, 35 maybe at this point. And I'm like, you know, all these dudes that spent the time and energy with me, I now am spending the time and energy to spend the time with them. And it was a kind of a long natural progression of the passing of the torch, as you say. And see, that's interesting because you think about it, that started from when you were a teenager all the way up to your, th your mid-30s. Right. So and it's... It was a long process. It's a long process, and I mean, I started early, you know. So I grew with these people that got older. When did it? When did it? When do you think it finally? Do you think that by your mid thirties is when you kind of were like, "I'm officially ready to have this torch passed to me"? When yeah. do you, probably when your mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was very apparent when that when the time when that time came, because when that time came, people were just handing over their sport fishing boats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these guys worked their whole life to get a fifty, you know, fifty-four Bertram or whatever, and they're like, "Here, Jeff, run, here you go. Yeah, run this thing for me, and let's take it to the Bahamas and let's catch X, Y, and Z with it." And you know, they just handing you the keys. So you know, they mean now you're like, "Okay, I'm the dog. You know, I'm yeah. the guy that's actually going to put everybody this whole program. <laughs> I'm gonna put them on the fish." You know, so then there's like, there's no question. At that point. And it's like, you know, it floored, it floored me at, at the beginning. 
But then I look, you know, through process of elimination, like, well, who the hell else is going to do it? So that actually, so let me ask you this now. I mean, did you feel a lot of pressure? I mean, was there a little, because that's a big responsibility. You know what I mean? I mean, was there a lot of pressure? Yeah. Did you feel a little bit intimidated at times? A little bit, but the way the process worked was you knew, you knew it was your time. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a good example. Like, like my father and I, who did a ton of blue marlin fishing together. And I mean a ton, I mean a shitload. I mean, there was days we would just go in the Bahamas and fish six, seven, eight days in a row. No tournament, no nothing. Just putting in sessions. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we'd put in the time and the work, and we'd get good at it. And we were like, we really liked catching small blue marlin on 30-pound test. That was like our, our that's where our setups were. We but e- even a small blue marlin is still kind of a trophy fish if you think Every about blue it. Every blue marlin's a trophy. <laughs> but catching small blue marlin on light tackle is just, it's cat's ass as far as I'm concerned when it comes to bill fishing. And me and my dad, we were into that. So we would go out and we'd practice and we'd find our spots and these little edges and stuff where the current would hang up and we knew these 180-pound fish were hanging out. And then he'd bring some business buddy with him who didn't know diddly, who didn't put in the time and all that. And I used to get so pissed at my old man. Like, dude, what are you bringing this nerd on the boat with us for? <laughs> he's going to blow the fish. I know he's going to. And then the guy would blow the fish. And then I'd get all upset. And my dad would kind of laugh a little bit. And, you know, I'd be freaking downstairs throwing shit around the boat. And, uh, you know, took it way too seriously. But that was my attitude. Like, you know, what's this guy doing on our boat blowing the fish? You know, and being, being, you know, a little immature and way too much testosterone at the time. That's the way I looked at it. But when you talk about passing the torch, as you realize at that point, something changed. Okay, maybe I wasn't ready to run the boat yet. Maybe I wasn't bringing my friends to blow it like he was bringing his friends. Maybe I wasn't quite there yet, but I was not the kid that used to never say nothing and not know nothing. Now I'm somebody that's really getting pissed off. Because these guys are blowing fish that we work so hard and practice so hard to get. And I could tell something was changing, you know. But I was maybe just probably too young at the time or too immature to realize that, hey, you know, maybe it's it's time. Are you feeling awesome. me, Busaka? I'm feeling you. And, you know, the, you know, the last thing I want to ask you, and this is why, I, this is kind of one of those things where I say that, you know, it kind of gives you chills a little bit, you know, when I just thinking about it. Um, you know, Jeff, you, you, you probably got at least another 12, 15 years. I mean, I'd like to think you've got 20 to 25 years, but that's, of course, my wishful thinking, you know, being a, a full-time guide. Yeah, maybe. You know, that's up for debate, I guess, right? Maybe. I mean. I honestly, I, I would love you to go on forever. You know, I mean, I don't really like to think about it, you know, and I, and I say that, too, as, you know, one, you know, being an admirer of yours, um, but also becoming, you know, having you as one of my good friends. But, you know, the reality that I always, you know, I, I think we all know is that at some point, you know, the Lunker Dog may have to retire or like to retire, I think I'd like to say, would like to retire one day from being a full-time guide. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, it, 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 right now, it can't be in my near future. And I hope it's not. Well, I, I don't got, want it to be. I got to get the worm through, through school. Exactly. And we got to get her for college, too. That's what I mean. I gotta, you know, and there's at least another 10 years, you know, for her to get herself established. So so, so it's not happening anytime soon. No, it's not. But, you know, it's always kind of been in the back of my head. And it may be in the back of some other people's heads. 
of when you do decide to kind of call it quits as a full-time guide, do you have anybody in mind that you would like to pass the torch to? And this is kind of a loaded question because there's probably some people listening right now going, it's got to be me. I hope <laughs> yeah, it's I me. Please say it's me. <laughs> Dude, the, the list is not very long. And, um, you know, I've tried a few times over the years to uh, develop younger fishermen that kind of <coughs> – uh, kind of, you know, thought they wanted to follow the path of being a full-time fishing guide, and they showed promise, in other words. Yeah, and I, and you know, and, and I started to feel like, hey, this might be, you know, and then um, I don't know if my standards are too high or their standards may have been too low, but I, I just wasn't feeling it, um, and I haven't really felt it. I've had some really good mates over the years that um, aren't in the business anymore that I thought might you know, be the one. But I tell you what I honestly hope, Usaka. What? All this time and energy that we spent, you know, doing social media over the years, that maybe some of those people that watched and were admirers and, you know, actually, you know, would dig into the videos and the philosophy of, you know, how hard we fish and all that, that maybe... I was able to inspire somebody through them, you know, through the social media, through the YouTube videos, through maybe all those different seminars and stuff that I've done over the years where I was speaking in front of people and kids and that kind of thing. And I'd like to think that um, I had some hand in helping not just one, but many people. I'm not sure how. No one's ever going to be able to explain it to me. But um, I'm thinking maybe that was uh, the way it's actually going to happen. I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all, it, those things tend to be an or, a long, organic process, kind of like your situation. Well, it's life. And I don't care when anybody tells you, you never know what's around the next corner. You know what I mean? You may think you do, but... No one ever really does. Otherwise, no. it, otherwise, it wouldn't be called life. No, but let me tell you what I'd like to see. You know, in your case, it was multiple people pass the torch to one guy. Definitely. I think what I would like to see next is one guy, you, passing the torch to multiple guys is what I think I'd like to see. Ooh, that's pretty heavy. I know. I just got deep there, dude. <laughs> Oof. But no, maybe, maybe maybe that's maybe that's you know some of the some of the good that'll come out of social media. You know, so many people are quick to bash uh, social media and talk about all the negative things that you know come out of it. I think for every negative that comes out of social media, I think there's three or four positives that come out of it. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, shit, that's kind of how I met you. Yeah. If, it if you think about it. Yeah. If it wasn't for social media, and if it wasn't for YouTube and the huge amount of exposures. I never would have met you. We wouldn't have been doing this right now. We wouldn't right. have been. We wouldn't have been sitting up at that counter enjoying ravioli before this. Oh yeah, you, you, you know, <laughs> it one one good thing about being good with the wife and everything. I mean, do, how many people get come over to the to my house and get the fresh sauce like that? And how about the banana bread that Victoria made? Dude, 
You get the royal treatment over there. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't mean to brag, but I kind of get a little bit of a royal treatment when I come to the Maggio house. Well, if nothing else, maybe um, pass the torch a little bit. <laughs> One day you can make somebody feel that good coming over, eating your special sauce. I know, right? I'm going to have to have Nicole give me the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is that it for the passing of the torch? You know, I I think I, I think I, I think I want to end it right there because I think that's a good note to end it on. All right. Well, I always like to think, quit while you're ahead. That's pretty good. Less is better, BB King. Yeah, and plus, we got something else we got to talk about too. Oh boy, Busaka got another bonefish, but we're saving oh, that. Oh, we're episode. saving that for another episode. But I think that that's a good thing to kind of do now, where we kind of leave on a cliffhanger. Leave on a. You know what I mean? And then they have something to look forward to the next one. And that means I got to put these things on. Oh, right, we'll I do gotta, it just this I one time. Put them up in chronological order, which means I actually have to remember something. <laughs> I'll remember for you. That could be your passing of the torch to me, is your memory. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the Real Guy Podcast. That's Stephen Busaka, the shepherd. And I'm Captain Jeff, the Lunker Dog. And thanks for listening to the Real Guy Podcast. This is a podcast for real guys by real guys. And Busaka, run that dog. <laughs> <laughs>